Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Passion for Passions. I am Marcus, and I'm here to talk all about passions. So, um, I really did not get that many episodes in this time before I was like, why is everything happening? I need to talk about this right now. So, this podcast episode is only covering episodes 202 through to 2000, oh my god, 205. You know, yes, there probably are like 2,000 episodes, but no, 200 to the number 205. Okay, so five episodes. And a whole lot actually happens in this short time frame. Like, sometimes it feels like things get dragged on forever and ever. Like when Charity was in the hospital or, you know, freaking out of the bird statue. That went on so long, it felt like. But things are really popping off now. Like... It was a real shock to me all that happened. So, I mean, obviously we left off with the whole avalanche. But, so, it's like, what happens after that? You know, who is, you know, who's saved, who's alive, who's dead, who's what? So, as part of the avalanche, Whitney and Teresa were leaving the cabin um, in a car. So, they get out of there and they actually survive. Both of them do. Though, Whitney gets injured in her, like, thigh and she's very scared and concerned that this is like some sort of uh, really serious injury that's going to make it so she can't play tennis anymore. But nobody really knows at that point. And Teresa seems fine. She was just like knocked unconscious. Um, though when, you know, Ethan picks her up, she's like, I love you. I've always loved you. Uh, like kind of partially conscious. Um, and Ethan gets this look on his face like, what? So anyway, they're okay. We know that they're okay. And they go back. They get taken back by um, Ethan and Chad to Ethan's, like, uh, little cabin, which is nearby because they hadn't gotten very far before the avalanche, thankfully. And, of course, we've got Charity and Miguel, who are also on the mountain, um, who we had seen previously that Charity was, you know, noticed that Ethan was probably dead because she's, like, screaming and, like, freaking out about, oh, my God, he's dead. Oh, it's my fault. I shouldn't have been here. You know, blah, blah. Um... So there's that happening. And we get like a weird, I don't know if it's like a retcon or what, but like suddenly Charity, we get a scene of Charity where she wakes up and then she's like, oh, you know, Miguel, and starts taking the ice off of him or the snow and tries to pull him. So I'm like, is this a retcon of what I saw earlier? Or was the thing I saw earlier her dreaming? Or was the thing I saw earlier that happened and then she fell back asleep again and then she woke up again and did this? I don't know. It confused me. It's not really a big deal, but it confused me. Anyway, Charity's like, I gotta go get him somewhere. And then she's like, she sees like a, a you know, a heavenly light or something. She's like, God, give me the strength. So she's able to pull Miguel all the way to this little, I don't know, I don't know what it is, a little tiny little shack. Um, for, that was nearby, fortunately. And then she puts Miguel in the bed there and is just kind of with him. Um, so Kay and Simone end up because the, I don't know, the mountain guard or whoever is like, no one could have survived that. And she's and Kay's like, what are you talking about? Why aren't you looking? Why aren't you looking for this guy, you know? And it's actually really sad because, you know, you see the like person tell Kay, you know, He's probably, you know, most likely anyone out there is dead. And she's like, no, he can't be dead. You know, I've known him all my life. I love him type of thing. I'm like, this is really sad, you know, for Kay as, as you know, 
hateful and cruel as she's been depicted, it's still sad, you know, that you know, at the end of the day, regardless of how problematic the way she tries to achieve her goals are, she does just, I guess, love some guy, uh, you know, has been friends with him forever, and it would be very sad if he were just suddenly dead, and that she would have to sort of understand that, like, when, when you're a teenager, often you don't, you know, if you're fortunate enough to not deal with loss, you're not going to be able to conceive of it very well, so that would be an extreme shock uh, for Kay. So yeah, Kay and Simone go out to search for him, which is very unsafe in my opinion. Why are they doing that? They get end up being killed too. But whatever, no one acts appropriately in this show. So they do actually manage to very quickly find them. And, you know, Kay is freaking out. She sees Miguel there like lifeless. So she's like, you know, he's dead. I think Cherry even says he's dead as well. But as a result of that, Kay gets super pissed off at Charity, is, you know, screaming, basically saying all the things she wants to say, like, you know, you ruined everything, you took him away from me. Um, Charity then suddenly realizes, like, oh, you love Miguel, don't you? And Kay is like, yes, I do. And so that, and she's, but it's very sad. She's like, I never got to tell him because now he's dead because of you. Oh, drama. Oh, heartache. So, yeah, all that's happening. But Miguel is not dead. You see his fingers move a little bit. So then they realize, oh my God, he's alive. So Miguel wakes up and he's like, I heard someone talking about love. And so I had to come back. So he's like, it was me. I was talking about love. And Miguel's like, I know. I love you too. And I was like, whoa, really? Um. But then he's like, Okay, thanks. But then he's like goes to charity, or he doesn't go to charity, but charity comes to him, and he's like, "Yeah, I, I never got to tell you I love you." Um, I'm like, "Wait, what? Are you playing the field boy? What is happening here?" Um, then we turn out we hear a little bit later that it's really when Miguel said he loved Kay, he met as a friend because he's like, "You're the best buddy a guy could have," and then I'm like, "Yeah, rub it in, rub it in, Miguel." Um, but I mean that's cute too in a weird way like it's nice you know guys don't often say they love each other I mean obviously Kay's not a guy but um a lot of times guys don't say they love their friends so it's always nice uh to see that depicted in media that yes there is such a thing as friend love non-romantic love and it can exist between anyone basically who are friends uh, like that um but of course Kay's unhappy about that uh sure um that's happening what's happening with all the people in the cabin in the woods we've got okay Teresa obviously is you know gaga because Mr. Ethan is you know being so nice to her and that's what he you know that's what got her interested in you know in him so much and it's going to continue to be that thing that makes it impossible for her to stop loving him because he's just so darn nice to her all the time and he's, like, so nice, though. I would, like, like him, too, probably, the way he's so kind of about everything. I don't know. Um, let's see. Aside from that, of course, Whitney is very unhappy. She's scared about her leg. Chad, like, reveals he can help people with wounds because, of course, he's the, quote, tough guy who grew up on the streets, unquote. So, you know, he knows how to help people who can't go see a doctor or whatever. So he's actually pretty helpful. He, like, you know, dresses her wound and stuff and says it doesn't look that deep or bad and she'll probably be fine. But, of course, 
Whitney's very upset and scared, but also she's just uncomfortable with Chad being so close to her, touching her body. Um, you know, she's interested, but she doesn't want to admit it to herself, clearly. So that's all happening. Uh, in a couple episodes, I think a couple episodes later, there's some fun stuff in that cabin where the guys decide to try to cheer up the girls, and they do so by, you know, putting on mustaches and pretending to be Italian chefs. Fine. I Why not? I think they even call themselves Mario and Luigi. I'm like, yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, I like the reference to Nintendo. But anyway, yeah, they do that. The most interesting thing to me, though, is when Ethan comes out dressed up like, kind of, like Elvis and does a song. I thought that was fun. Um, very random. This episode was very musical for some reason, like out of nowhere. Because um, he first sings... And then Teresa and Ethan get into a song together for some reason, a duet. It's very romantic. Um, and that was fun, too. Even Eve sings in, like, a flashback. It's, like, a very musical couple episodes, which I don't mind. I like when people sing and stuff. but uh, And I like musicals. But, yeah, it was just kind of random, but it was also fun. Um, even though I think most of them are just lip-syncing. Though I kind of feel like maybe Eve is not lip-syncing. Because... The singing voice sounds has some elements similar to her speaking voice, but I don't know. Anyway, yeah. So, oh yeah, Whitney sings too. They're all everyone is singing and good at it. <laughs> so yeah, that's happening. Um, I'm pretty sure Ethan was gonna like kiss Ta Tabitha. Oh my god, no! <laughs> Ethan was going to kiss Teresa. Um, it seemed like it at the end of that song. It really seemed like it. And it seemed like he got shook up too because when they're asking like, hey, sing another song, Ethan is kind of like, no, uh, no. To me, is you know, implying that maybe he did feel a little spark with Teresa that he, he knows he shouldn't have felt. So he's trying to like back away from it. I don't know though. Um, but well, I mean, Ethan tries to talk to Teresa about when she was saying she loved him on the, you know, when he, she was semi-conscious. But he's like, oh, you're talking about Chuck. Uh-huh. I'm like, Ethan, you are so oblivious. Oh my god, dude. My goodness. Oh, also Chad knows that Teresa loves Ethan. So he's in on it. And he feels he feels for her because he's like, yeah, you know, I love... He doesn't say it, but he's like, he loves Whitney too. But he can't have her because she doesn't want him. So there's all these things going on with all those folks. Those young teens. But there's stuff going on with the adults of Harmony as well. I guess Ethan's not a teen, but whatever. Uh, there's stuff going on with the adults of Harmony. So, of course, there's the whole thing with the bird statue. Someone, a homeless person, had the bird statue. They're trying to get it out to people. Um, it ends up getting into the hands of Ivy because she had put an ad in the paper. And she receives it that way. Uh, and then it's really funny because... You know, Eve comes over because she finds out that Ivy has the bird. And when Ivy puts the bird down and walks away to answer the phone, Eve just steals it. And I'm like, duh, of course she would. But I thought it was so funny because it's really out of character for Eve to be like, you know, like that. You know what I mean? To be suddenly acting spontaneously and stealing something and, you know, behaving in a very non-professional manner, I guess. Yeah. Obviously, she's done that before. Obviously, she fucking set Orville's house on fire. She hit him with a car. 
Uh, but before all that started happening, really, she seemed a lot calmer of a person, I guess. Um, yeah, she's acting erratically because she desperately does not want that secret to get out. And I'm going to say, when Eve put that statue down and walked away, I'm like, I know that at this point the the pictures are not there because Ivy would not put that there to tempt Eve. She would not put, like, you know, that very important thing there that might be stolen. She would not do that. Um, it was also funny, though, before she shows the bird statue, she shows, like, her other birds that she has in a collection. And I was like, really? You do have a bird collection? That's very odd and random. Um, because in a couple episodes before that, um, Julian Crane is saying that he collects birds. But his wife really does. I just thought that was a funny, you know, one-off joke lie thing. But it was real. She does collect birds. Anyway, so yes, Eva steals the bird statue, takes it home. She's like, I gotta get rid of this thing. Of course, uh, as she's gonna finally destroy it, her husband comes home. And of course, he sees like, oh, it's the bird statue. Okay. I'm gonna finish it. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna actually open this thing. And then he finally figures it out. That is just a very, very simple opening mechanism, which is what I thought the whole time. Like, because when it was first opened in the a flashback, it seemed extremely simple. But yeah, so he opens it and he's like, I can't believe it. And of course, at, you know, I think that's like even before a commercial break type thing. And Eve is like, oh my God, my life is over. Until TCS says, there's nothing in here. So Eve is like, oh, weight has been lifted off me. Yes. Okay, let's go make love. Oh, so perfect and beautiful. Uh, but at some point we get like a flashback to Ivy where she's like, I have the photos and opens them and looks through them. So we get to finally see some of the photos because they show them. And there's kind of like shitty boudoir photos. Um, and I'm curious, I guess, I don't remember, you know, for as much of, of uh, Charity freaking out and seeing them together, like I honestly do not remember what she was really seeing. Aside from like, I feel like Julian was taking pictures with a handheld camera because I want to know how these pictures were taken since they're nobody's, you know, they're not like selfies. I assume that there was a tripod and they were timed photos. Uh, but yeah, just curious about that. Ooh, ooh, what if it was Orville who took the pictures? That would explain how he had them. But also that would be so disturbing. I mean, who, I guess he'd be younger. Um, like Julian, I guess, could hire a photographer and just be like, I'll pay you a lot of money. Make sure you don't, you know, do anything weird with these photos. Um yeah, that would explain why Orville had a had a copies, because I that's one thing I haven't been able to explain. How the hell did he have? Why the hell did Orville have these pictures? Also, but one thing that doesn't explain is why did he not destroy them? But whatever, that's my uh, headcanon right now. Orville was there in the room with them, and he was taking the photos. <laughs> Ew. Uh, okay, but we do get a flashback to Eve when she was younger and how she met Julian, and it's like at a club, and she's like a, a singer there she's really good and he like immediately thinks she's so beautiful and so he buys some drink and like gives it to her even though like the bartender or somebody warned him that she was very young and i'm like ew julian ew uh but whatever it's kind of weird though because when he first meets her she's like a really 
you know, not friendly. She's like, I don't, you know, who are you, strange dude? I don't want anything to do with you, basically. She's not saying that. But, you know, from her body language, it's extreme. And her face, it's extremely first. Like, she wants nothing to do with this person. Um, so, I don't know how she changed from that to being in bed with him. But clearly something happened. I also don't want to know what happened to make her go from becoming a singer to becoming a doctor, of all things. Like, presumably she must have already been studying to be a doctor at this point, And maybe she just did the singing on the side i don't know though because that seems that would be like a very strange leap otherwise to be like whoa whoa now but yeah so that is what has been going on there i think i was glad that we finally got the freaking bird statue but also we finally got the pictures that somebody has seen them okay it's it's not Eve, but that's fine. Ivy is going to use them for her evil ways. I got it. I know. Uh, and I like that we were finally getting somewhere with that. Because that bird statue has been everywhere. And everyone's been like, oh, bird statue. Oh, bird statue. Like, Jesus Christ. Just just do something with it. So, yeah. At least that's taken care of. Um, unfortunately, I think the K reveal that she's, you know, that she loves Miguel, unfortunately, has been interpreted by everybody as being friend love so that's kind of not fully out there though it, you know Kay did reveal her anger and disappointment and unhappiness with charity interfering in her life um so now charity knows that forever and then charity comes back and apologizes i'm like what the hell stop being so quote perfect i hate this <laughs> um but yeah Simone like really is just kind of like a, a, a hanger on at this point she hasn't really done a lot for herself and I feel like that's unfortunate that's a disservice to her because she's a fun character when you get to hang out with her it's all been focused everything's been focused on Whitney and TC and Eve for the um Russell household Grace like doesn't exist anymore uh she's been she's been away for a while like I'm I'm fine with that because Grace also doesn't do that much um but you know that is that is what's happening so far and oh my god i forgot all about the other plot going on with sharon going back to paris and Luis going after her so finally because because sheridan gets captured by them and she escapes um she runs into Luis because he's looking for her and he's you know he's like okay i got you we got to get out of here you know so they they do run through these forests even though the guys are chasing them with a gun and such they do escape oh Luis doesn't have a gun though but anyway they go back to her hotel room or whatever hang out there for a bit they're gonna finally Sheridan's gonna say what it was that Luis did that made her mad because every time she's trying to say it it never happens um but again she cannot say it because what's happening the two men are still after her so they go and they come into the room basically um which is like if you knew these two guys were here and they're not dead because you didn't kill them why would you go back to her room somewhere where they know where she is i guess um why wouldn't you try to go somewhere else like a totally random different place or even, like, run out of fucking Paris. Like, get a flight ASAP, leave everything behind. Like, I don't know. If I were trying to... If someone was trying to murder me, 
and my cops slash boyfriend on and off again guy came to get me, I would say thank you for helping me and now we need to leave the country uh, and call the police and get away and I don't want to be hurt. Because for whatever reason, it seems those criminals weren't willing to go to the United States. Oh, I guess they didn't know where she was. They didn't know who she was. They found out later, I guess. Okay. Um, I was like, because why didn't they just go to the U.S. then and get her? Um, I guess because I didn't know at that point who or where she was. But um, yeah, that's what I would do. I would leave and get the police to capture these people. Yeah. Uh, but anyway... So this gets very dramatic. They have to go out onto the balcony and they go like off the building, like on this tiny little awning or whatever that's connects the different uh, rooms on the outside of the building. And of course it's locked or whatever. So they can't get into the next room. And the other guys are in pursuit also on the outside of the building. So Luis in his incredible bravery gets some sort of wire and, you know, clings to it and has Sheridan cling to him. And they freaking Tarzan around the building and crash into a window into a different room. This was wild and ridiculous. And I thought it was so funny. And the people in there are like, what is happening? Um, so they run out of there. The guys catch up to them, though. But fortunately, it seems at this point that um, Sheridan and Luis escape them by, like, going into a, a vent behind a big object so that the two crooks cannot see them when they enter the room so it seems like they're out but of course the guys are saying you know proclaiming we'll kill you we'll, we'll kill you no matter what blah, blah, blah. um so that's very dramatic as well but yeah like so many stories have been you know mixing and, and doing all kinds of exciting things in such a short time of you know a short time frame so i'm like whoa whoa passions you're really kicking it into high gear right here I, I am very curious as to what is going to come next. I would, you know, I'd like to see more. I I was really heartbroken when Sheridan left for Paris and Luis was like, oh, damn. I was like, no, you two belong together. You're my favorite pair. Or one of them, Ethan. Uh, it's Ethan and Teresa, of course, is another pair of mine. I just like the Lopez Fitzgeralds, okay? Um, too bad uh, Pilar doesn't really have anyone you know, aside from her husband who's disappeared in the world somewhere. But yeah, I do like them. I do like those relationships quite a bit. But yeah, so that is the five episodes that I watched and had a heck of a time with them. In other news, I picked up the book Hidden Passions, which is a... It's presented as a tell-all from Tabitha Lennox. Which of course, it's not written by Tabitha, but that's the... Uh, premise of the book and I haven't read it yet because I just literally got it a couple hours ago uh, from an Amazon bookseller I decided to get it because there this book used to be like a 99 cents on Amazon um, and there were multiple copies and I know at some point the passions read it was like let's do a, a hidden passions read through you know a book club I don't know if that ever happened because uh, I haven't checked back but I think all those people bought all the copies, even though there was only like 10. Like, okay, maybe there's 10 Passions fans who bought it. And then after that, there are like people who have it listed. And they've probably had it listed like this for years and years and years for like $300 or something. Which, okay, let me tell you something if you don't understand this, like about eBay or Amazon or other things. 
a person can list something for whatever price they want. So, okay, I have um, a Goosebumps book, let's say. I could list that for $1,000 if I wanted to. But that doesn't mean anything. That does not mean it's worth $1,000. That's just me being really ignorant of the value or desire of the product I have in listing it for a ridiculous price. Um, so yeah, those those copies of Hidden Passions that are like 300 bucks. Uh, no, the book is probably not worth that. Like I said, until recently, they were copies, multiple copies for 99 cents. Um, so at some point in between then and now, I saw a listing go up uh, for a copy for like 10 bucks. So I was like, okay, that's actually like way more money than it used to cost. But I'd rather just buy it now while I can get it for a decent price um, rather than waiting for who knows how long for another decently priced copy to appear because I'm obviously not going to spend like $300 on this damn book. So I bought the $10 book and it just came today. I'm planning to only read it once I've gotten past the point in the epi- in the episodes like that are past the published date. Um, the book was first published in February 2001 from what I can tell. Um, and I have a, new ed- a newer edition that has never before read love letters. Um, so I'm probably not going to read it till I'm done with the 2001, um, episodes would be my, my, uh, thought there. Um, unless it turns out like this edition is like more recent than that. And then I'll need to wait longer, like maybe into 2002, because that's when the soft cover was published. Um, but I'm not sure. I'll need to do a bit more research. I'm not into the, to the 2001 episodes anyway yet. I still got many to go in 2000. But Yeah. Um, so if you're interested in this book, maybe look for it at a local used bookseller. Look for it some other place. Um, definitely don't buy it for however multiple hundreds of dollars on Amazon. Uh, maybe it's on eBay. I didn't even check. Uh, but yeah, that's where I'm at. That's, so that's like my latest Passions merch. I would love to get more Passions merch, honestly, but I don't know if there's really that much out there. Also, I'm not sure how to search for it. Like if I go on eBay and search Passions, that's going to give me a million results for unrelated things. Uh, but yeah, I definitely want like some stuff. I saw once like a Passions Crew sweater and all it did is have like the Passions logo embroidered on it. But I'm like, I would get that because I just want it because I want that Passions merch. I don't know how much merch there really was back in the day. Maybe there's something on Etsy. I don't know. Like I've seen some weird fun things on Etsy, like people's handmade Silent Hill birthday thing. Um, so maybe maybe there's some fan made passion stuff on there. I'll go check. But I also shouldn't check yet because what if there's like a huge spoiler? I don't know. But it also, sometimes it's hard to tell what's a spoiler. Like, is it a spoiler? Like, like for example, in do Ethan and Teresa get married? Don't answer this. Don't answer this. Like, if they do get married at some point, like, and I saw like a merge that was like Ethan and Teresa's wedding announcement, you know, copy or something. To me because that's always like a dream it could also just be like this is her dream sequence or this is her dream goal so someone made merch to make the dream real i don't know but i also don't want to spoiler myself spoil myself if i don't have to so maybe i will avoid looking at merch 
Um, that's also why I kind of like don't look at a lot of the passions Twitters that like post like this day in passions pictures because I'm like I don't know I don't want to see I don't want to see what's going to happen in the future I don't want to know. Uh, but yeah. So thank you for listening to this episode of Passion for Passions. Be back in a couple weeks with a new episode.